He walked into my office, all hands in pockets and nervous smiles. I could tell he had a case for me. Something big. Uh, hi, are, uh, are you Miss Edelman, perchance? That's the name on the door, Sleuth. Ah, yes, of course. Well, I got a case for you. Something big. Do you have the cabbage? Oh, well, I was uh, hoping we could come to a little arrangement, see. Uh, I'm a little light on funds, but I thought maybe uh, you take this case and you and I can do something. What do you got in mind? Talk about comics? Yes. I'm Christina Edelman. And I'm Chris Edelman. And this is Chris's on Infinite Earths. The podcast where nothing will ever be the same. Welcome to season two of Chris's on Infinite Earths. This is episode 10 of Crisis on Infinite Earths, covering issue 10. Yes, uh, and if you haven't been with us before this, you probably want to at least listen to the previous nine episodes of the second season. Or, you know, go back and listen to all of them. I'm not your mom. We want to give a special shout-out to EV991323. Who gave us a review on iTunes. The review reads, love them. We we love you, too. We think that's great. Oh, it's a, it, what's the rating, by the way? Uh, five stars. <gasps> oh, my goodness. Five stars. I, that's, that's, out of, that's out of, like, eight, right? It, it's got to be. Uh, <laughs> But Evie says, so happy to have found these guys. They are my kind of silly awesome, and spending my day with them is the best. My goodness, the day? I know. We gotta release more episodes. Well, you know, if you're if you're just joining us, there's there's a lot piled up. Yeah, there's a good twenty. Mm-hmm. Seventeen. I think this is our seventeenth. So without further ado, do you want to get into the summary? I do. Summary. Summary. We start the issue with Brainiac almost immediately reforming himself using components of his ship and then blasting the ever-living heck out of Simon prior to resuming his and Luther's evil plans. We get a brief glimpse of Anthro the Caveman close to the dawn of time showing that same mysterious pink energy before quickly disappearing. The battle royale continues over the three captive Earths as the heroes finally are able to take it to the villains through the power of teamwork. However, the battle is stopped by the Spectre. Remember his cry of rage a few issues back? He explains that the Anti-Monitor is back and is planning on traveling to the dawn of time. There, he will change history and extinguish positive matter forever. To stop him, the villains and heroes must actually team up, not just like when the Monitor had them do it. The heroes and villains use a combination of electromagnetic power and flashes running really fast to travel back to two distinct points. The villains to 10 billion years in the past, and the heroes to the dawn dawn of time. Who did the heroes find at said dawn? Why, that rascal, the Anti-Monitor. He villain monologues about how it was not Pariah who brought this about. He only opened the portal to the dawn of time. It was truly the Anti-Monitor who converted the antimatter into energy which destroyed Pariah's universe. The heroes attack. The villains, however, 
travel back to Krona's time to try to stop him from looking at the dawn of time and thus fulfilling the Anti-Monitor's plans. However, they are somewhat easily repulsed by the guardians of that time, as well as Krona himself. The Anti-Monitor seems impervious to the hero's assault and sucks up their life force to power his efforts to become the hand that Krona sees at the dawn of time. Honestly, this part is kind of strange, so bear with us. The Anti-Monitor's evil hand is grabbed by another hand, the Hand of the Spectre. The Spectre is powered up by the magics of the DC Universe mages, and he seems to be resisting the Anti-Monitor handily. However, the window from Krona's lab opens to see... Nothing? The universe explodes all around the Spectre and the Anti-Monitor. Is it... the end? Oh, and also Lila is looking at a monitor in a little black and white mini-comic that goes at the bottom of this issue and talks about minute events in the DC Universe that are too small to be in the main comic. That bit ends interestingly, though, as she opens the distinct cat-like eye of Harbinger. All right, so let's start with the cover. Uh, the cover definitely looks like Pariah let a big old fart and it's blowing away everybody. <laughs> that is that is one interpretation of it. Uh, Pariah does seem to be in a large gaseous void in the middle of a swirling cyclone of heroes while the Anti-Monitor and the Spectre face off. <laughs> I just thought about this when I was looking at it right now. It's so silly. But yeah, it's another, it's kind of another classic crisis um, cover of let's see how many people we can jam on this cover in new and interesting ways. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's a, it's a Where's Waldo montage. You know, where's, where's Dr. Light? Uh, can you find her? How I found fast? her. I yeah, found her. Good job. Yeah. Yeah. I also like that the anti-monitor kind of has like a kung fu fight pose and the specter's got this like, come on, sort of pose. Yeah. Really squared off. Yeah. You know, this, is, this cover, it kind of tells you what's going to happen because uh, it's that. Yeah. Yep. Sure does. All right. So at. The On the first page, rather, we start with the title, sometimes somewhat rare in this comic, which is Death at the Dawn of Time. Yeah, this comic has the pleasure of actually starting with the main story and not some sort of side story or adjacent story. Yeah, and it totally sticks with it. I think this entire comic is main story. Mm-hmm. So we pick up, literally, we get like the last couple lines from the issue before where Simon believes he's destroyed Brainiac and he says Simon says now Luther must die too. Right. However, it turns out really quickly that Brainiac is maybe not quite as dead as he seemed. So Simon is basically like I figured out your plot and I'm going to stop you from doing it and I'm going to be the one who's in charge. So when we read the last episode and I said let's be honest Brainiac's totally not dead. Um, I said that from a place of ignorance about what was going to happen in the next comic. Readers, I really didn't mean to spoil it for you that much. I just, you know, Brainiac doesn't die. We, you know, Brainiac's around later. He's machine. Doesn't matter how small of bits you break him into. He's, he's going to come back. I didn't realize quite how fast it was going to be. And how destructive. Um, we get this neat panel of a blast of energy blowing apart the sort of brain casing and the brain of Simon. Mm-hmm. 
as as Chris predicted, it seemed like a a weak spot for Simon there. You know, having his it's brain true. just in a transparent dome on it's, his head. It's like when the putties in Power Rangers supposedly powered up, but just had a big thing on their chest that when you punch them, they exploded. Right. Who puts a target on their weak spot? Yeah. I don't know. Well, basically, Brainiac, as we said in the summary, was able to reform using components of his ship. And he basically knew that Simon was there the entire time, which seems kind of silly because he did go like, ack, 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 and blow up in the last issue. As opposed to go like, Simon's here, I'm about to blow up, which maybe would have been cool, but maybe not quite as dramatic. Which leads me to believe that even though Brainiac is a robot, he appreciates these sorts of things. (laughs) He wanted to he wanted to let let Simon have his have his moment before he killed him. Right. Well, anyway, Luther and him are just going to sort of keep going with their plan of of pitting villain against hero and seeing how that goes. Mhm. Now, did you forget about those pink squirrels in the sky that have been going back through time? Cuz we sure haven't and Anthro sees them. <laughs> Pepperidge Farm remembers. <laughs> um yeah, Anthro sees them back at the dawn of time, you know, him being the first Cro-Magnon man and all, and that makes him special. But then they really quickly go away. And this poor guy, he saw like a future village many issues ago, many, mm-hmm. many issues ago. Mm-hmm. And now he sees pink swirls and he's like, oh, cool. I'm nuts. Yeah, nobody's going to believe me. There's really no point in telling anybody. Right. Um, and that's just that's that's a real quick vignette on, on Earth one in the deep past. And then we go to Earth four where Chemo, who's that giant pollution monster mm-hmm, that did some serious damage to Aqua Girl. Yeah, somewhat fatal damage. Fatal and also damage. like poisoned all of the oceans and burned the entire planet. He's going to have his comeuppance, which he Chemo's kind of like a like a being like, but not something that has like thoughts or feelings. Yeah, I mean, semi sentient. It says he feels satisfaction, but he also stares mindlessly. So, go figure. He's, right. He has like one thing, and it's causing some causing some destruction. Mm-hmm. But uh, he gets a takedown from Negative Woman. Negative Woman, who was the um, the Russian woman who defected to the United States and actually really just defected to Doom Patrol. But she kind of wraps herself around him, like she kind of stretch Armstrongs. Mm-hmm. all around him and then explodes him <laughs> right speaking of chemo and the damage that he did aqua girl we now see aqua girl yep um aqua lad and aqua girl well aqua lad is carrying aqua girl trying to get her i i'm, I'm assuming back to atlantis mm-hmm. and can tell that she is not in a good way right does say that she's barely breathing we declared her death last issue which you know, spoilers, it, it that definitely does happen. But well, I guess, they, I guess they she said wasn't... in the comic, Brainiac said she won't survive. Right. And Brainiac's right. usually pretty definitive. But she's only mostly dead. <laughs> so she's like all the way dead. But if she had one of those special chocolates and a, a whatchamacallit thing pumping into her from Princess Bride and true love, <laughs> maybe. You're saying that her and, and uh, Aqualad don't have true love? You're right. They they have some true love. They just need Miracle Max. That's all they're missing. That's all, that's all we're all missing, really. <laughs> now, readers, join us as we enter the Monitor Tapes. I should have known. Monitor, the wise head, knew he was going to get zotzed. A little gumshoeing led me to the files he sent to Earth. I gotta make sure all these files he kept weren't for nothing. <laughs> 
I got all the dope to update them with since this mess began. So many universes snuffed out. A few cats from each are still alive. Pariah, Lady Quark, Alexander Luther, and that kid from Earth Prime. All right, and then we're just going to have a bunch of hero-villain fights. So I think it's time that we enter... The War Zone! Black Adam is taking it to Dove and Robot Man. However, their tag team partner Cole comes in with the coup de gras, turning Black Adam to crystal. Dr. Savannah and his crew of villains have got the Marvel children on ice. Hopefully, they're not too afraid of phobia. But they get an assist from Martian Manhunter, who no ice can keep contained as he walks through the walls and beats them with an eye laser. But Phobia's about to put the moves on Platinum. But Platinum has no feelings because she's a cold robot. But that's not all. While Platinum takes it to some of the villains, the Atom is here to free the Marvel children, who shout one word, Shazam. Well, now let's take the action to Earth X. Where the heroes are delivering a hearty beatdown. Batman and Robin got a one-two punch on crime. While it looks like Hawkgirl is making the assist with the hero known as Tin. Well, Shaggy Man's doing some damage. Well, Shaggy Man's about to take some damage from Speedy's explosive arrow. He feels no qualms, since Shaggy Man isn't even alive. Hold up, hold up! Inspector with the steel chair! Find out what's going to happen next week after Spectre breaks up the fight. Tonight on The, the War Zone. All right, we in, we hope you enjoyed our little theater of the War Zone in addition to the interstitial theater that we are going to be having. <laughs> well, anyway, the Spectre does kind of basically break up the fight and lets everybody know that the Anti-Monitor still lives and they need to do some stuff or he's going to destroy all the universes again pretty helpful information to have and we're gonna get a big old info dump we find out what that pink energy is which is the monitor heading back from the present time into the deep past the deepest past even the bottom of the past which is what people call it the dawn of time yeah the bottom of the past <laughs> <laughs> oh so They've got a problem, and they've got to team up to solve it. The heroes have a problem. <laughs> the villains also. Everybody has a problem. Yeah, this is like a this is an everyone problem. This is like anybody who is not antimatter problem. This is like running out of toilet paper at the party problem. Ooh, that's rough. That's everybody's that's problem. Rough. Oh, sorry, sorry, uh, readers. I'm a little goofy tonight. <laughs> And Luther and Brainiac agree that, all right, well, our plan was pretty good, but we probably need to have a world. Right. A universe. Since the Anti-Monitor is going to just literally replace positive matter. So it's not even like that everything will be destroyed. It's that everything will never exist. Right. So they're like, we we probably need to call the villains back and, you know, get everybody on the same page. Right. So they all gather the heroes and villains who, I guess, come to like the quickest truce ever. Heroes and villains in D.C. are apparently a little bit more cooperative than the United States legislature. Well, 
To be fair, I don't think we've ever faced a foe quite as great as the Anti-Monitor. I feel like someone would still stand for him. They'd be like, well, let's hear what he has to say. Free marketplace of ideas. (laughs) So they gather in Death Valley, of all places. It honestly seems like a very arbitrary place to go. You almost wonder if George Perez just wanted to draw a really cool, deserty, rocky landscape. Yeah, yeah. And we see Superman from Earth 2 and Lois Lane, Lois Lane yeah. from Earth 2 all in a loving embrace with kind of creepy Alexander Luther kind of watching in on it because, I mean, it's kind of sweet because Lois Lane was his mom. So he looks at her and he sees his That's mom. right. I didn't know why he was looking so creepy at them, but that makes so much <laughs> sense. I forgot in Earth 3, Ultraman isn't married to Lois Lane, it's right. Lex Luthor who's so married to Lois Lane. So, for Alexander Luthor, it's like seeing the bad guy make out with your mom. Right. But also must... a little bit of missing your mom, too. Mm-hmm. It must be weird seeing good Superman for him. Like, imagine how terrifying Ultraman must be. Yeah, but he was also like a baby when he came over. So I'm like, how clear can his memories have been? Yeah, but he's like a weird sort of wonderkind, like, messiah guy. So who knows? Yeah. Superman flies off to fight the fight, even though Lois is like, Oh, I love you and I miss you and come back to me, please. And Alexander Luther just kind of stays looking looking at Lois and thinking Mm -hmm. of his mom and... I imagine probably kind of wanting to comfort her or go to her or something, even though he has no relationship with this actual woman. What is fascinating, though, is that that's all carried by the art, all of Alexander's feelings. There's no thought bubbles. He doesn't say anything. It is all carried by the art, which is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. So it seems like they developed a plan. The, the heroes and everyone, where the heroes are going to go back to the very dawn of time, the, the bottom, if you will, the bottom of time, mm-hmm. <laughs> while the villains are going to go back to another time, specifically the time where Krona is going to take his little sneaky peek. Right. Mm-hmm. Krona being, if you, uh, for you readers don't remember, the... Well, they weren't the guardians of the universe at he the time, an, but he was an Owen. He's an Owen, yeah, which they're the precursors to the guardians. And he wanted to take a look at the dawn of time, and it was all very like, "I'm going to do science," and no, you've your reach has exceeded your grasp. You're going to do terrible things. It was it's very sci-fi cautionary tale, right? Well, so it, they've just kind of gather all the folks together that can jam through time, which is like Rip Hunter, the Lord of Time, who I'm fairly certain is a bad guy. Man, I'm speaking with a lot of authority on that. (laughs) And the Legion of Superheroes who have time pods. Uh, And they're going to just all go through time. They got all the time stuff. Mm -hmm. And they got to strap some converters on the speedsters. Right. Uh, Who are just going to go real fast. And and that does all the things. Mm -hmm. We get a quick little page of another Superman. But it's actually a super boy. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, this is the Superboy from Earth Prime. Yes. Who does not seem important yet, but I promise he will be. I know yes. enough about comics to know that's true. Now, a quick explanation on Earth Prime, and I'm going to make it quick. It's basically our Earth. And not Earth 1, our Earth. Literally, the Earth that we currently exist on, you and me and all the readers. And he read comic books and discovered he was Superboy. Sounds great. Yep. But his earth got blown up too, and he was the only survivor, and he kind of doesn't know why. And uh, we get a little note here that he was introduced or last seen in DC Comics Presents 
80, number 87. Yeah, you guys can pick that up or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He had some interactions with Superman. Yes, that is true. I think that's who he interacts with the most. Mm-hmm. So on the next page, they're ready to begin. And, you know, they're all a little apprehensive about going back into the past and trying to stop the anti-monitor once and for all. But we get a nice little motivational speech from Uncle Sam who, from the Freedom Fighters. Yeah, definitely. He He stands up and gives the comic booky of all comic booky speeches about liberty and you know we, we all gotta come together despite our differences and do good things because freedom yeah and life he says life and life. liberty life and liberty pursuit of happiness mm-hmm. no. real uncle sam stuff yeah and it's it's so great he sounds like straight out of missouri or something when he's saying it because he's dropping all his g's we're yeah. fighting uh appreciated that mm-hmm well, and with that, the the Lord of Time thinks it's dumb, but even Lex Luthor is a little bit, like, moved by it and saying, you know, like, if the Anti-Monitor wins, he's right. Like, we don't stand a chance. So, then we have this interesting little series of all the pods and everything that are all connected by the Metal Man Gold, who's all stretched out to basically channel the energies of the time travel to transport everybody comics yeah basically all the (laughs) heroes with electric powers are going to zap him and it's going to cause all of the well a lot of the ships to shoot back into time but not all of them the time pods get powered by something different Mm -hmm. which the time pods get powered by the flashes who run around really really quick we do get a quick little note that as Wally West goes faster and faster, he is slowly dying. Right. Which I'm like, gosh, I, I need to be reading more of what he's in to figure out what's going on. Uh, that would be, I think, New Teen Titans. Mm. And that causes um, all of the pods to move back in time. And it looks like Superman just kind of flies back in time. Maybe he's using the energy, too. I don't know. He's holding on to uh, Alex. Yep. And he calls him Alex, too, just like you liked doing. Yeah. You and Superman. I think I was going to call him Al. I think I forgot. You forgot to call him Al? I forgot to call him Al. But he was going to call you Betty. We've got to go back and redo all of the episodes now. Oh, jeez. Metcon. Al. It was Al the entire time. It was always Al. It was always Al. It was never not Al. Welcome back to another exciting installment of... The Monitor Tapes. What kind of justice is it when Mibrenu, a planet of peaceful sentient methane gas, gets bumped off while the bloodthirsty Caladrain armies survive? Every planet took their licks differently. Crazy riots on Thanagar chilled off 5,000. The one planet big house, Takran Galtos, was destroyed while the inmates crushed out. Even the lesions couldn't stop him. Where's the justice? What about all the villains that survived on Brainiac's ship? Can we really trust him? So it turns out that Brainiac didn't go and hook up with everybody else. He's just chilling out in his spaceship on in orbit on Earth, where he will try to preserve himself because he might have a point zero four three possibility that his electronic intellect can survive. Point zero zero four three. Play it. Pay attention. No point zero four three. Chances for his survival are point zero zero four three. But if he shuts himself down, oh oh oh. Yes. Mm-hmm. He is, it's point zero four three. Anyway, he's gonna. He's a coward, and he doesn't want to help. 
Right. Uh, and then we come back to Aqualad and Aqua Girl um, in Beneath the Seven Seas in Atlantia. Atlantis? Is it just Atlantis? It's just Atlantis, I think. Uh, so we come back to Aqualad and Aqua Girl who have made their way to Atlantis, or Aqualad has brought them to Atlantis. Right. And Aqua Girl is for definitely certain deceased. Yep. So all the merfolk who apparently were not invited to saving the the universe. Um, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, guys. They are quite sad and Just broken up. Step back here and stretch. <laughs> What's great is they invited Batman. <laughs> right? What's Batman going to do? Well, I always joke that Batman's power, his true superpower, because everybody says Batman doesn't have superpowers, but he does. And his superpower is that he never loses. Okay. I mean, he does lose occasionally, but it's like Batman, just he just wins. He's just a winner. He always wins. <laughs> well, poor Garth lost his lost his lady love. And even though that all the heroes are there and have awful lots of powers, it means that no, kind of nothing, that nothing can happen. Nobody's got the power to bring her back. Right. But they do apparently have the power to zip back through time, which it does totally look like Superman is just flying back through time, just kind of by his own power. Which technically, if they have the problem to zip or the the ability to zip back through time, they there is the ability to save Aqua Girl if you really wanted to, which is why nobody in comics stays dead. Yeah, you could just go back in time because <laughs> they do it all the time. You can't damage the time stream. Lot a lot a lot. Will they go back, and who is there to greet him? Is it Tom Baudet? Has he turned on the lights for them? No. Oh. it's Yeah, it's not Tom no. Baudet. It, it is, is definitely the anti-monitor. Yeah, but he still has the same weird shark helmet. He's still retaining his weird shark helmet. Mm-hmm. Even though he's become incorporeal and corporeal again, he's chosen a second, much worse outfit. And he has Pariah. Yeah, just kind of suspended between some energy on his hands. Yep, real weird. Not, I mean, I know that Pariah is drawn to where bad things are going to happen, but I, like... Pariah is now with the worst thing. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing is worse than this. Actually, Pariah gets drawn from here to, like, a place where he just repeatedly stubs his toe. Mm, Even worse. That would be worse. Mm Yeah. Definitely. Well, so we cannot have a villain without a really good villain monologue. Of course. So Pariah is basically like, oh, no, I did this. I'm going to wallow in my misery some more. This was all my fault. Mm-hmm. However, we find out it's not so much his fault in this long villain monologue that begins, of course, with a fool. Because how else can you begin a villain monologue? He fool. He's like, you're giving yourself way too much credit. It was totally me. It was always me. Yeah, basically, he just used the little bit of extra antimatter to be convert that uh, Pariah made his little cage out of to convert into energy and then focus the energy into Pariah's universe and blew it up, which then gave him enough power to do other things. So it really, it really wasn't Pariah's fault. And Lady Quark's like, Oh, so I guess I was mad for nothing. He didn't really kill my Earth. Right. It still kind of seems like it's his fault to me, though. It seems like... 
Not, I mean, not exactly. It'd be like saying, like, I was playing with fire and then someone, or playing with fire, I had started a, a nice contained fire and someone ran up and grabbed a torch and threw it into uh, some gasoline. Yeah, like, if you hadn't started the fire, then you then it might not have gotten thrown into the gasoline, but your actions really didn't, uh, didn't cause the explosion. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, so he is going to try to destroy all existing life and rebuild his antimatter universe. Yep, and the heroes aren't so keen on that, obviously. So they all shoot him with lasers. All sorts of lasers. Well, some of them shoot him with lasers, and then other heroes just start running up and punching his head. And it supposedly combined all of these powers could decimate a solar system. All right, we then get a fun little panel of Batman and Robin and some of the other heroes that, like, don't have really intense superpowers just going, what do we do? And Batman's like, we can give them hope. You know, that's what that's what Batman inspires. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's fine. I'm just imagining the Batman bumper sticker that just says hope. And the bat symbol? <laughs> Though the bat symbol's the O. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty into that. Can it be in, like, big, like, tie-dye bubble letters? I'm in. <laughs> All right, so we go from them, you know, punching and shooting lasers at the anti-monitor to the villains who are just wrecking the ever-living heck out of Oa. Yeah, which I feel like isn't exactly necessary to their purpose like they could have done like a stealth infiltration of krona's lab meanwhile validus is like knocking down buildings just for the ever (laughs) ever living heck out of it so they're drawing all sorts of attention to themselves and uh, of course the guardians are like yeah um i don't know who they are or why they're attacking us but one of them's like i can sense that they want to help but they're like, we really can't stand for this. Well, no, they say literally, they must not destroy our property. Right. We have to protect our property. So the Owens are like, like awful rich people. Yeah. yeah they're like, ah, they might be here to help us, but they're breaking our stuff. Uh, well, and then they just, they like have all their eyes glow and it just knocks everybody out. Mm-hmm. So the Owens have glowing eyes, knocks out all the villains, and they're like, I guess there's a few more of these guys, but these ones are now harmless. Right. So a few of them did make it to Krona's lab. Like the most random people. We have Mirror Master, Maldor, or maybe it's Maldor, it's two A's, and Icicle. Yep. Well, let me tell you, these guys don't succeed. <laughs> You mean this all-star cast isn't successful? Right. Right before they're about to smash the screen. The the thing is, they have all sorts of opportunities, but they can't agree who's going to get to break the screen. They're arguing amongst themselves. Mirror Master wants to use a mirror to blow (laughs) up the screen. Well, Icicle's like, I will hit it with icicles. And then Maldor's just going to hit it with his sword because he kind of looks like a Conan the Barbarian type. (laughs) And they all get blown to to heck by Krona, who's just like, oh, do you think that I would leave my laboratory unattended? I knew people would try to stop me. Right. So. And he he killed them. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure DC really missed Icicle. (laughs) Well, yeah. 
And it's just, they're like, man, we got to consolidate some of these dudes. <laughs> and now the thrilling conclusion of the monitor tapes. Heroes lived and died fighting for their homes. Even the gods on Olympus weren't safe. The crisis was everywhere at once, but now it focused on Earth. My home. The Nexus Point. Even though his body was destroyed, Alec Holland's essence became part of everything green on this Earth, making him the Swamp Thing. To update these files, I really gotta focus. Earth is trying to save itself. We are fighting to survive like we always have. Enemies turn to allies. We must win. I will finish what you start. I'm gonna record the history of the universe. All right, so we go from there. It seems like the poor villains couldn't couldn't do anything. They didn't accomplish a dang thing. Mm-hmm. And we go back to the dawn of time, where the the tides turn in a little bit. Right. The monitor has this big like boom moment and throws all the heroes off of him. Mm-hmm. And then he starts absorbing their energy, their powers. Yeah, he basically does a non-consensual spirit bomb. That's a Dragon Ball Z reference. Mm-hmm. Are there consensual spirit bombs? Uh, when Goku takes energy, he asks for the, for energy. Well, that's nice of him. Mm-hmm. Okay. So <laughs> we start to see as all these energies come together, the image of the hand coming through all of these energies that we know that Krona was going to see. Right. He wants to replace whatever hand he saw with his hand. Mm-hmm. Which, I guess it's still not super clear what the original hand was. I don't know. I... Uh, you know. God? It's one hand, so... I don't know. Um, but he wants it to be well, his hand. Well, it, he did see the... and Didn't he see the anti-monitor's hand? But now this is a super-powered hand that can do more damage? He saw a hand. It wasn't specified that it was the anti-monitor's hand, because him seeing the hand created the anti-monitor. Okay. But it's time travel shenanigans, so it's hard to know. All sorts of weird time loops. Yeah. So, wait... But if Krona doesn't see the original hand, how does the anti-monitor even get created? Time travel's weird. Okay. Well, so he he, he looks like he's really going to do it. He His hand starts coming out of, like, the maelstrom of creation. And Pariah, who is still there, is like, please, somebody has to stop him. But nobody can because they've all gotten their butts kicked. But then another hand comes to, to grasp anti-monitor's hand. Spectre, or the Spectre, you have to say the. The Spectre. The Spectre. The Spectre just wants to know, to all of you out there, that his hand is touching your hand. Touching you? (laughs) And the Spectre is the, he he has this cool moment where the Anti-Monitor says, I feel a force resisting me, who dares? And he says, I dare, cruel one, and I will stop you. (laughs) That's how the Spectre sounds. Absolutely. And the Spectre is absorbing the powers of the sorcerers of the universe. Yeah, so like Dr. Fade and Zatanna... And Phantom Stranger, they all get, they all kind of, this is more of a consensual spirit bomb type of deal. Right. He is, they are all lending him the energy. Mm-hmm. And 
you can see the the specter's hand start to push the anti-monitor's hand back. Uh-huh. And we have this interesting revelation here that they have to stop the anti-monitor, but they can't kill him or the superheroes whose energy he's non-consensually spirit bombing mm-hmm. uh, will die. Right. So they just kind of have they kind of have to like stop him but not blow him to heck. But we then see a screen kind of open in the abyss to reveal Krona just having his little his little peeky poo. Mm-hmm. And they all remark that then we have lost. Right. And the anti-monitor starts screaming, Now, Krona, open the portal. Peer back to the dawn of creation. Do it now! 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 But the specter says that they've not lost yet. He needs more power, more strength, more, more. And then the panel starts... Like, the panel itself starts to crack and crumble. And then shatters as we get... And the universe explodes around him. And from the dawn of creation comes death. It is the end of all that was as the the pieces of the panel sort of shatter on a field of white. To be continued. Yeah. Uh, we still have two more issues, so it's probably <laughs> not the complete end of everything. But yeah, that's that's uh, it for this one. Mm-hmm. C- Crisis loves ending on cliffhangers. Yeah. All right. You ready for accolades? Accolades! All right, so what is your best line? My best line is from Icicle when he is arguing with Mirror Master and Maldor. Mal, yeah? He says, Who better than Icicle to put this infinite Earth scheme on ice? It was like like the lowest effort villain line to just argue about smashing a screen. (laughs) I'll come back to that in a later accolade, but... Uh, that 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 is a very good line. What's your best line? My best line is Uncle Sam's monologue. Oh, the whole thing. The whole thing. I, I guess it's kind of long to read, but I guess I've got to now that I've given it my best line. Ah, uh, yeah, definitely. Maybe it's time to remind us what this here's all about. We got here, folks, not only from different countries, but different worlds. Not all of us believe in the same things least not politically speaking, but that's okay. The thing is, we got us the right to think differently. But right now, we all got to forget those differences. You see, we're fighting not only for our lives, but for our freedom to think as we do, to act as we do, to be what we want to be. That may sound kind of corny to some of you, and maybe it is, but it's what freedom's all about. And I reckon, deep down inside, no matter where you come from, no matter what religion you are, or what politics you believe, you gotta believe that. That's it, folks. We're fighting to preserve life and liberty. So let's give it our best shot, eh? Aw, Uncle Sam. Yep. It's just, you know, the the best little inspirational comic book speech mm-hmm. and it, it was just kind of sweet little, little little oversimplified but pretty sweet yeah it's uh definitely a lot deeper than mine <laughs> uh, all right greatest hero my greatest hero is the hand that is touching your hand dusty nope the specter <laughs> 
the Spectre. Yep. Daily Double, of course. Yep. He Could did, there be any other? He did the heavy lifting in this one. Mm-hmm. So, yes. So, Spectre taking on Anti-Monitor. Yeah. Definitely. Apparently cementing his in- incredible powers. And I'm kind of betting we're going to have a Daily Double for Coolest Moment, but we'll see. Okay. You're, you, you do first. Well... The end where the the panel explodes and we've got the whole, you know, the hand, the channeling, all the energy he needs, the specter needs more, more, more. And then it all, the, uh, the world's, I don't know, everything explodes. It's cool. Yeah. That's not mine, but I agree that it is cool. Oh! Yeah. My coolest moment is when Simon's brain explodes. Oh, that is a fun moment. It's, it's a really cool drawn panel, too. Although you even see, like, the little goopy bit of his brain on one side, which was kind of nasty. Ew. Yeah. I don't think I really noticed that. I just kind of noticed, like, his vacant eyes and, like... Just the, the, the lack of brain. The There's lack of brain. lack of brain. <laughs> oh. uh, it was just, like, so, like, whoa! I was pretty into it. Mm-hmm. And then we have the Crusher Creel Award for Silly Villainy. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, it is the Anti-Monitor. Because his plan seems, like, so weird and made up. He's like, I'm going to go back to the past to be a hand, and then everything's antimatter. <laughs> and I'm like, um, what? <laughs> it's the most comic booky plans. Well, the only time you can really change history, I think they said, is at the beginning of time. Right, because every other time when Superman's tried to change history, it doesn't work, which would also explain why they couldn't go back and yeah, fix Aqua that's, Girl. that's true. Which, uh, man, Superman really tried to meddle with the timeline. <laughs> Well, my Crusher Creel Award for Silly Villainy went to Icicle for his, just his little bit, that line there of the, Hold it there, wise glass. Who better than the Icicle to put this infinite earth scheme on ice? Like, yeah, his was, his line was like the most ridiculous one. But those three dudes just going, I have my weird thing I'm going to do to <laughs> hit, bl- break a glass mirror. Break I feel a like the three of them could, could share it. But gosh, their silly villainy got them all killed. It did. <laughs> uh, but what a last line to have there. Yeah. He's like, sweet. <laughs> Wise glass. Wise glass. Because <laughs> he's got the mirror. <laughs> he's talking to Mirror Man. God, it's so weird. Oh. <laughs> All right. So what did you think of this issue? I liked it. It read really fast. It definitely did, because we didn't have so many of those side stories, aside from what you guys have heard interspersed throughout uh, the little... Harbinger, detective, yeah, detective, detective Harbinger, Harbinger going through the monitor tapes. Right, yeah, that's kind of that's just like a whole bunch of side stories. But to some extent, they they just they seemed like they're just like, well, I don't know where we're gonna fit these in the main comic. Right. It was because I read through it several times and I couldn't decide if it was better to read each page in its entirety. Because at first I was like, well, maybe some of what she's talking about is really gonna play into what's going on in the story. Mm-hmm. But Like, one or two things kind of do. Maybe, yeah. But for the most part, you could read, because it's like the bottom third of the page mm-hmm. is this Harbinger story. For the most part, you could kind of read each of them separately. Yeah. There is a, there's the bit that it alludes to Superboy Prime, but yes. then you see him in two pages. Right. 
So, eh. uh, and then there's the, you know, the bombshell revelation at the end that perhaps her powers aren't gone after all. Right. But yeah, it was a quick read. I thought it was pretty good. It had some really cool heroic moments that I really enjoyed because the heroes got like the, got to get the one up on the villains and the specter like got Mm -hmm. to take it to the anti-monitor. So uh, that was pretty satisfying. Yeah, definitely. It's it's all the things you kind of want from a comic book. Yeah. I mean, it's like. This whole comic, this whole story is pretty simple. Mm-hmm. Like, all of Crisis is... I mean, we say simple, but... It's complicated all... in characters and plans, but, like, the, I think at its base, it's yeah. not overly we've got We've got the big bad guy, and we've got, you know, the good guys and the bad guys, and, you know, they have their problems, but they get a team up to fight the big bad guy. Right. Granted, I guess you could almost boil down any crossover to that so i should probably not say that or i'll have to say it for every single one of these we do <laughs> right because that was literally like kind of the the thing in secret wars too. Right. yeah <laughs> well i suppose we're probably getting ready to wrap up yeah so thank you guys for listening yes um if you want to contact us you can find us on Twitter at Chris's Pod. Uh, we're also at Chris's Pod on Facebook. You can email us on Chris's on Infinite Earths at gmail.com. Please do not hesitate to leave a rating or review on iTunes, Stitcher, or any of the places you get podcasts. The more reviews we get, the more people see us and the more we could possibly get featured, which would be cool. I have a little side project that I maybe wanted to mention. I have a little written piece that's been featured in the Xavier Files zine. Uh, Xavier Files being a blog that Zach Jenkins does about X-Men. He asked me to be in his zine, which was uh, very sweet of him. If you want to listen to his podcast, it's called Battle of the Atom, and it's really good. He and his co-host Adam Reck rank X-Men stories, which is really kind of fun. They put them on a big old list. Um, But yeah, that zine, we'll put a link in the show notes. It is a free zine or pay what you want because it's currently available digitally. It's not available in paper yet, but um, and there I believe there are still pre-orders up, but possibly not by the time that this uh, podcast is out. But the digital zine is available at pay what you want. Please check it out. It'd be really cool. I can vouch for the quality of of Chris's Chris's article. I I may have read it once or once or twice and definitely help me edit it so thank you christy <laughs> uh yeah thanks thanks for listening we're coming to the close here soon of crisis and also approaching my maternity leave yeah i'm going to be doing a little side project for you guys where i will be reading com- well i will be summarizing comic books in under 60 seconds so really short podcasts but uh it'll be kind of fun It'll tide you guys over until I'm, I'm, I'm back. And gosh, who knows quite when that's going to be. Cause you know, kids sleep sometimes, but that's also when I want to sleep. We'll get there. We'll, we'll get, get there. there. <laughs> but until next time. Slay your enemies and all you desire shall be yours.